0: Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift. Just me, LRH today. Benji's traveling from – I don't know where he's traveling. Man's on the move at the moment. And we've got the Vuelta first rest day recap just to let you know about the GC standings going into that first rest day. Avidapol leading mass by 112, 153 ahead of Roglic. Rodriguez on 233 in fourth, three seconds out of Ayuso on fifth. Yates there, inconspicuous but dangerous in sixth on 308. Almeida lost a lot yesterday on Perez, He's on 432 in seventh. Lopez, who we've barely seen at all, is on uh, is in eighth on 503 and Hindley's on 5.36 in ninth, and Sivakov lost a lot yesterday too on 5.39. So a lot of riders between five and uh, six minutes from eighth until 15th. There's about seven riders on that uh, gap. Even Menkes has come into GC for top ten a little bit too, but we've had a lot of the hard mountain stages already. What I wanted to talk about today, there's the TT tomorrow. Remco even involves the favourite for it. I think you will win the stage and take more time on on, on everybody, evidently. Um, what I want to talk about today is Movistar and Spanish cycling. It is the Vuelta after all. Uh, and we've got an interview coming up with Sergio Rodriguez, who was a rider for Murias. He's now uh, a cycling trainer. He also is a contributor to Alcoa del Peloton, which is one of the biggest Spanish language cycling podcasts but there's been a lot going on with Movistar. There was El DMN Menos Pensado, the Netflix series where they got a lot of criticism or mocked because they opened their doors and people you know, saw this function, which is not unique to them. It happens with all cycling teams, but they were the only ones maybe to put it on full display like that, which made the series very successful. Uh, but the outer pressure this year has been the World Tour Relegation Battle, which I haven't done any dedicated sort of podcasts to here, but there's been a lot on lanchonrouge.com.au oh, fortnightly updates, there's also the daily tracker, uh, and I can see on the, the statistics of that in August, the majority, the largest country going to the lanchonrouge.com.au website is Spain for an English language website, so there's huge interest in Movistar in the relegation battle. If you don't know only world tour licenses are on a three-year cycle that cycle is up and 2023 is the start of a new three-year cycle from 23 to 25 only 18 licenses for world tour will be issued so it isn't technically relegation your license just doesn't get renewed but let's call it relegation and promotion archaea and alperson are pro teams who have applied for World Tour and they and the World Tour relegation and promotion is decided by a three-year triennium ranking which has all their UCI points from the last three years, from their top 10 rider, from each of those years. It's incredibly complicated. There's a how-to or there's an explainer role did on at the start of the year on the website. Um, but long story short, Movistar are in trouble. Valverde hasn't scored as many points this year as he might have in previous years. Enric mas they've been on a bit of a downward slide since the departure of Lander, Carapaz and Quintana, but they've had a down year this year too with Maas crashing out of Terreno adriatico when he was in very good shape on the Carpeña stage following Bill Bowen's descent. He crashed in the Basque Country stage. I'm not sure who he was following there. He would have... He didn't DNF, but he finished in ninth on GC. He was going to finish in the top fifth on GC. So he's not even in their top five point scorers, which he would be expected to be. Now, that might change if he can hold on to second or even fourth in the Vuelta. And it's been interesting to see, and he spoke about this in the press conference interviews today, how there is pressure on him to kind of be defensive, which is how... He's been portrayed as a very defensive rider, but he wants to go for the win. He's come second in the Vuelta twice now, last year and in 2018 on quick step. But if he risks the podium, if he goes from second to fifth, trying to get to first, even if he's, there's a 5% chance of going to first, he loses a lot of potential points from Movistar. And they're only, as of recording, 300 points ahead of Lotto, who will score barely any points in the Vuelta, but will score a lot in the Belgian semi-classics that, Seem to be on every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Arnaud Ali keeps scoring. Or oh, Britannia Classic, he scored like 250 points at yesterday, which is a World Tour one-day race. So 300 points is not very much, given that one result like that, a second in a World Tour race, like a Quebec Classic or a Montreal Classic, that can close the gap in a single race. Uh, now, obviously, Mass needs to he'll hold on for GC, and he only gets those GC points at the end of La Vuelta. So, Movistar are in big trouble or at risk. They're only 50 points behind Bike Exchange, 100 points behind EF. It's incredibly tight. Israel looked pretty much uh, out of it. But I wanted to get Sergio on the podcast to discuss with someone like, why is there so much pressure on Enric Mass? And also, Subjectively speaking, anecdotally, just looking at Twitter and things like that, it seems to me that the Spanish fan base of Movistar is quite critical of the team, which is a good thing in moderation. There's other fan bases of other teams. Won't name any names, but any criticism, even valid, even constructive, then like maybe maybe Bruno Amurale was a good enough rider to go to the Tour de France, the French national time trial champion. Uh, that's there's no criticism is allowed of those teams. So, but this with Movistar, it seems to have boiled over. This year, we see that the car has almost been chanted at in one of Roll's articles. People chanting about them being relegated, and after Aaron Brew won Tour de Limousin, a 2.1 race, which brought a decent haul of points, they tweeted, "Believe in this team," like trying to rally support. Uh, behind them. Because at the end of the day, I I don't think any Spanish fan wants to see their only world tour team get relegated. And it's kind of not Enric Mas. I mean, I think Enric Mas should be lauded. I mean, I'm sure maybe the way he and Miguel Angel Lopez worked together could have been better in the Vuelta and Tour de France last year. But at the end of the day, the guy got COVID in the tour. He said he had literally terrified during descents, which you know one can sympathize with and yet three weeks later he's lining up at the welter battling out for second going (laughs) some sketchy descents trying to save their license so people did rally around him though there was an incident with a fan which we'll get into with Sergio where the fans were heckling him and just a lot of built-up pressure so often we maybe focus on uh, certain teams or the biggest teams uh, in the world to Movistar is one of them. So something I'm trying to do more of is really focusing on all the teams and maybe have someone who's following them day-to-day come and talk about it. So here's the interview with Sergio. As I said, former writer for Uskadi Murias, and you can find him on Twitter in the link description as well. But before we get into that, mention our show partner, Zwift. Zwift Academy is back. For 2022 registration is open now whether you're aiming for a pro contract like j vine or neve bradbury or just looking to kickstart your fitness with some structured sessions zwift academy will help you get fitter and have more fun on the bike there are six workouts to complete either solo or in group workouts with baseline rides to compare your progress that's zwift academy in all seriousness check it out i'm here with sergio now we're going to have a bit of a spanish sort of section of the podcast on the rest day, it is La Vuelta after all. And I just want to ask, is Enric Mas outperforming expectations of what you thought at the first rest day for this Vuelta, sitting in second place behind Avina And do you think Movistar are pretty happy with where he is right now?
1: Uh, Hi, Patrick. Uh, No. And Mas is, is is in a sh- good good shape. It's uh, very strange because he had a very complicated uh, to the France like we saw on TV, and he he came from this Vuelta with a lot of uh, questions in his mind, no, about the the climbs and the distance And uh, we asked him just before the the Vuelta, and he told us that he's gonna race day by day and for me another thing for everyone, also for Movistar is a it's a surprise that uh, he's very, very close to Renko Venepool every day and being in second position in the GC in, in today in the first on the second rest day, the first in, in Spain.
0: It's crazy because it's not just that he's kinda of doing pretty well, he's in like his best ever shape just about cause Ramko's climbing performances are crazy. I can't believe how well Master's doing after I think he got sick. Was he did he have COVID in the tour? He pulled out. Was he
1: sick? I know he had the descending problems, but I swear he was sick as well. Yes, he, he had COVID and he went home, but I think the the problem Offer for a Mas is, is his mind. No, he has mind problems, and he has been working with, uh, with. He told us with professional of the of the sport, but uh, I think is he is working with with psychologists and and trying to to be with low pressure. That I because I think the the worst problem for for him is is himself and his mind.
0: And yeah, the, the pressure is huge on him at the moment, this year in particular. Not just like, there's always pressure for the GC, a Spanish GC leader for Movistar to get a good result in the Tour and especially La Vuelta. But this year, it's the points. Uh, there's like this double pressure for the from the relocation battle. But before we get to that, I want to discuss a really weird incident that happened the other day, which you might... The listeners might not have seen or heard of in the English media. After one of the stages, I think in the Basque Country, um, I can't remember which stage it was. There was an incident. I'll play it now and see if you can, just so you can hear what was said in Spanish. And we'll get Sergio to actually tell us what was said.
1: Yo, tú eres tonto que? ¿Por qué ¿Por qué? ¿Por qué por que I'm gonna try to, to explain that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what it was, was it, in yeah it was in La Guardia in the final. In the, I think it was on Tuesday last. The Tuesday. stage. Yeah, stage, and he did third in the in in this stage, no, in the final climb, short climb, and after the stage, uh, one fan for. For telling me uh because it's, it's not Enrique Mas fan, obviously. Uh, told him that he he was very bad cyclist, no? In Spanish he said paquete, it's like uh, you are very bad doing something. And Enrique Mas uh, uh stopped with the fan and well him that uh that you are stupid and I'm gonna hit you if you continue like this. So this fan uh Put the the video on Twitter for having more more hate for for Mass Mas, but the the answer of the of the Twitter people was the opposite and go with with Enric Mas and and now there is no there is this account is is delayed and you you can't uh, find the video on on Twitter.
0: Yeah, I I saw it and I was like. It's weird because he came third in that stage way better than I expected. And it's curious, like what is the general, maybe before this Welter? not people literally abusing him after the race, but what has been the theme of Enric Mas or the typical things people think of him like Spanish journalists? Because I see some of it, it's like he never attacks, he's too defensive. So sort of, is that generally like he's he doesn't live up to what Contador was
1: just the story of Enric Mas started when he was racing in, in quickest step when he won a stage in in Italy and in the same year he did a second in the overall of La Vuelta I think it was in 2018 and in this year it was a a big cyclist big fan of every everyone was fan of Enrique Match because he he was a a happy uh, rider, no? He was all attacking every day, and he was a, a, a an amazing no rider for everyone. But after this, uh, he became an other cyclist, I think, because the pressure, no? He has a lot of pressure because he started in the uh, Alberto Contador team in Fundación Contador and uh, every media said after doing second in the Vuelta that he he could become the new Alberto Contador and I think uh, this situation put a lot of pressure on on himself and after this he changed a contract with Movistar and he became other cyclist, very very sad uh, very calm never attacked
0: I don't know, Contador was always attacking. But still, even so, last year, he came second in La Vuelta on Movistar, lost to Roglic. I thought that's a really good result. I thought that was he even attack Roglic on Velafique. Like, he was attacking. And what's curious to me is, like, I look at, Take for an example, Steven Kruijswijk or Wilco Kelderman. Maybe quite similar riders in their peaks. Like, quite they follow the pace. They're consistent. You know, they get second to fifth GC results in World Tour racing. They don't win so many races. Dutch fans don't hate on Steven Kruijswijk or Wilco Kelderman. Like in particularly, like very popular. And so I wonder if it's like a. Is it a cultural thing that the Spanish fans want an attacking rider? Or Contador has set like the expectation that they will be very attacking, but Valverde doesn't <laughs> attack ever. So I don't know. It's I don't know why Musk gets gets all the criticism. Um, I think it's just yeah, a Spanish GC guy on a Spanish team. Do you think it's like is the comparison you say when he was on Quick Step? attacking, is that kind of like Juan Ayuso now? Everyone's saying Juan Ayuso Carlos Rodriguez, wow, wow, wow but Rodriguez could turn into be a very defensive rider, 60, 62 kilograms as well.
1: Yeah, for sure but I, I don't know uh Movistar team for the last three years he, he, it's, he's it's been down No, he left very, very good riders like Nairo Quintana I don't know. Andre Amador, Castro Viejo, Landa, and Carapaz this, Carapaz, and, and more and more. <laughs> and this became an, an environment to, to to be a I don't know, and not big a, a small team, no. And this is, I think, this situation is also bad for Enrique Mas because he's becoming. Also, uh, smaller than than the wood rider like, like he is, no. Like, like you say, I think Erik Mass is <laughs> as better as we call Kermen Delmar or, or more, no. But uh, I think in Spain it's important to attack, no, and and to be something. So if you attack and you don't want, it's okay. But but if you don't attack, if you don't want, is is a is bad for the fans. Valverde is uh, a hero because. Even if never attacks, he won, and this is it's incredible, no, for for him.
0: And I, I I'm looking at this welter, and I'm thinking if Movistar want to get the most points possible, I think mass beating Remco is going to be very very difficult. But second is looking good, but there's the time trial against Roglic on tomorrow, and yesterday. Mas followed even and he admitted himself afterwards he shouldn't have followed him. He should have done his own rhythm, and it cost him time. And Ayuso actually came and then uh, took some time. So even on, how do you say, Colau van, van Kuiar, their new climb on stage eight, I feel like Mas, and you, it's crazy to see this, but he almost attacked, at the end, attacked Remco. I feel like he wanted to make a point. That he would attack Remco on stage eight, um, even though it almost cost him a second. But what what's the sentiment in Spain at the moment about Movistar and the relegation battle? Is it like is it very negative? Is it hopeful? Because I saw the tweet the other day from the team saying, "Believe in this team." After Aaron Baru won Limazan, what's the feeling at the moment?
1: For Spanish cyclists it will be a disaster, no, if, if Movistar lets World Tours listen for next year, no? It's a very, very aggressive battle between Lotto, Soudan and, and Movistar because Israel is is far away from these two teams. But uh, people I think is is it hope to to have a Rickmas in the podium of Madrid and has these points, these UCA points because it it will be very important for for Movistar but uh, it's gonna be very close between these two teams until Helankawi, you no? Know? It's gonna be the, the last race of, of the season but people I think is uh, with hope to, to have next year Movistar in in world, in World Tour.
0: Because if they go down, that means La Vuelta has to invite Movistar as a wild card. It's and a then- problem
1: also because this is the only world tour team in, in Spain for, for many years. No? And there and are four uh, pro teams behind Movistar. Like it's Caja Rural, Euskaltel, Ken Farma and Burgos. And one of these teams is out of, of La Vuelta for, for this year. And... If Movistar would uh, lose the license for 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 next year, it's gonna be two teams out of La Vuelta, and it will be very very <laughs> lot of problems for for having the sponsors for the next couple of years.
0: I do think I think there are too many pro teams in Spain. I think four is too many, and even in French cycling, I think there's too many because. If you mainly because those pro the Spanish pro teams do not perform as well as a UNOX, X, maybe. And I feel like if you consolidated the talent and as per uh Garcia, you had them all on the same team. I know there's from different regions, but maybe the team could then get better results and attract better riders. I don't know. Like if if one of the pro teams was really good. Does Carlos Rodriguez go there while he's doing university instead of any else? I don't know. Is, that, is there a concern at the moment that it's great that so and Rodriguez are doing well, two young Spanish guys, 21 and 19, but they're not on Movistar? Does it matter to the fans that they're not on Movistar? Or as long as a Spanish young rider is doing well, it doesn't matter?
1: Yes, it's, it's the problem of Movistar, no? Because uh, there are good Spanish riders, good young Spanish riders with a lot of talent, no? Doing very uh, interesting things from from junior and until today, no? That we are seeing that they are they are one of the top five uh, riders in La Vuelta today. We're gonna see because is they faced three weeks uh, race for. When I usually from Carlos, and this is a problem from Vistar, no, because they, I don't know if they have the money to to catch them for for next year, but maybe the problem is the, the environment of the team, no, that he's the team is becoming like I said, uh, not top level a world tour level team, no, and the Spanish young riders prefer to go. To Ineos, to UAE, or 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 Jumbo, no, because they are very, very big teams, bigger, even more bigger than than Movistar, and I think they they think that they are gonna uh, will become greater riders if they are in these teams and not in Movistar.
0: And there's actually no pressure on Ayuso at UAE. It's even though he's the maybe. The best 19 year old climber ever, best teenage climber ever. Like he's done better numbers than Remco did when he was 19 yesterday. Like Ayuso's performance yesterday was completely insane. But Pagac is on that team. is on that team. Even Soler's probably on more money than Ayuso. And so there hasn't really been. He came into this Welt though with no pressure. If he just lost loads of time and went for stage in the breakaway, no one would care. But if it was on Movistar, like the pressure would be a lot more. Even the Rodriguez, people probably thought, oh, it'd be a domestique for Carapath. But then there's less pressure sort of on the big teams, which is kind of the opposite of what you would think. Whereas if you get paid the big money, this is what happened to Enrique, comes from Quickstep, big contract, the one guy. Well, <laughs> you better not crash out of Bash country. Or come, you know, he he would have come, I think, third in Basque Country this year because he was he dropped Remco and Crabbolini. Arate, I think, he drops people, but he crashed. Toreno, he crashed, and then all the points are out the window. And yeah, but he's dealing well with the pressure in the Vuelta. I hope he keeps it up. What do you think? What do you think is the future form of his star? It sounds like you, I'm mean, in the sense, when you you, you think they've stagnated. Like, nothing has changed too much for a long time. Same people, still bala there, although it's la ultima bala. What do you think is going to happen next year? Say they stay up, let's assume they don't get relegated. What do you think happens?
1: I don't know. I don't know. uh, Three years ago, uh, Movistar did a a change in the performance team with the... with the with the boss that today is Pachi Villa, no, in performance team head head of performance, and in these three years, I don't know the results. They are they aren't good, and still <laughs> being back this this year, in in my opinion, because they only won one World Tour race, a stage race, that it, it, it was in Dauphiné and Carlos Verona. So for for next year, I think they will they will do a restructure in the in the team, not only in the riders, and change the the idea of the team. No, because uh, for me the the best the best problem of the of the Movistar that they are racing like they they had the the new line in the team. No, like like every every Tour de France we we saw on TV that they are racing for for the GC, even if they ha- they had not a good rider for being in the on the podium, no? In the last stage. So with the money of, of Valverde I think you can uh sing good riders but good riders for 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 winning stage even if you do your race in, in France, in Italy, in Spain, but for for winning because Movistar needs to win races as soon as possible and to, and to start growing up again to be a, one of the I don't know, top 10, top 5 uh, World Tour teams uh, next year in 2023.
0: Thanks Sergio for joining on the rest day. Um... And yeah, we might speak later, maybe before Tudlankawi, if the fight is still on there. Uh, Thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, big TT tomorrow, big time gaps expected. Remco is going to extend that lead most likely on Enric and just about every GC contender. The question is, what can Roglic bring? He hasn't lost a TT in Spain in quite a long time. We'll be back as normal with the recap of that stage. And yeah. How will Ayuso Rodriguez go? That's something I don't really know. They've never done a TT this important in their whole careers. Until then, ciao.